Welcome to the Beer in a Movie podcast, a podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I'm Dave Gurney and I'm here with Carlos Cooper and Joe Joe Hilliard. Yeah, and what are we here to do today, guys? Drink beer and talk about some movies. Uh, As usual, but... We need to get some beer in our glasses. Yes, we do. To have yeah. this really oh, Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. We really do. Um, okay. Carlos, you brought it tonight. I, uh, yes, I brought um, a beer from Dogfish Head. They are out of Delaware. If you have ever drank a non-macro beer, any type of craft beer in your life, you have heard of Dogfish Head. Um, it is the American Beauty Grateful Dead collaboration and I brought it because I feel the same way about this band that I do about the film that we are going to discuss, which we will get to <laughs> momentarily. But this is a pale ale that, um, as you would expect from the Grateful Dead, is brewed with granola and honey. Wait. Clocks in at 6.5%. Is it hopped with patchouli? <laughs> Just ask. I'll say it's a, it is a rather pricey six pack. Ooh, is um, it? yeah. Dogfish Head has con- they some, have a some premium. Of those expensive. Yeah. Uh, the six flaming and four pack. The flaming lips six pack was up there as well. Yeah, yeah. They've got a uh, premium because Dogfish Head has crafted themselves, whether they deserve it or not. I believe they do. Is uh, a craft beer that is worth spending a little bit more money on. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with that. And they, and they've definitely uh, they, they have. Um, proven that with with various beers over the years. I mean, they they were, as you said, um, Carlos. If if you've had a craft beer, you've heard of them. They've sorry, they've been around since you know at least what the mid nineties. Yeah, yeah. Um, which which was kind of that I guess maybe second wave of yeah. craft yes, brewing. Yes, the second wave of yeah, pioneerism. Right, because you have those early guys back in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, your Boston beer. Right. Uh, your Sierra Nevada, the, these huge that are still big. Rogue, Rogue. Rogue I think First, was maybe nineties. I think nineties. I'd have to look at that. The biggest, the biggest collective that that it is creeping up toward that number of barrels made per year that make you a non-small craft brewer. Right, but they haven't gone there. No, nope. they, they've they, they've kind of kept it right and and trying to stay kind of righteously independent. Right, they, they've really been kind of. They've a, taken big beer on publicly many many times. Yeah, uh, the owner Sam Calgioni. Yeah, that's right. He is a, a, a pioneer of a lot of. He's a polarizing figure. People like him or don't like him. Mm-hmm. I like him. I think he's good for craft beer. Mm-hmm. Personally, I like anybody that's willing to stir some shit up. Yeah, he he, he doesn't mind doing that uh, yeah. many, many times. I remember when I first started getting into craft beer, back in the days of it was Time Warner Cable and TiVo, he had a uh, a show called, uh, brew, not Brewma- Brewmasters, maybe. Yeah. And it was a six, and they got six episodes into it, and it was really interesting, and he would make these, and it's what, he, it's what they do. They like to, they like to market Weird beers, like uh, yeah, I've seen, str- I've seen strange. Some... Sometimes strange, sometimes you know, uh, uh, lauded in the beer community. Uh, but they he he they did a show and then it ended abruptly. We were enjoying the show because we were learning a lot about when you add this kind of flavor and that kind of flavor and going to India to find spices to make this special thing. It was an interesting show and it got canceled. And the rumor always has been, it's been confirmed by a lot of people in the beer world that uh, Anheuser Busch said, "Listen, it's these it's it, it's our advertising dollars or." 
we're continuing to do this show. You choose, and they chose. Now, that may be an urban legend, but uh, they have well, gone up against big beer many, many times. Not just the craft beer community that confirmed that, but Anthony Bourdain, as per an article That's that, right. he he, was, that was spread around. Yeah, he, he had a show on the same network. So, yeah, Dogfish has always been, I'm, I, we are craft beer, we will be independent, yeah. and I, I appreciate that that part of their of their. Absolutely, and I also appreciate. I mean, Sam Calgione, uh, from what I understand, I think as the sort of uh, you know founder owner uh-huh. of the brewery, also a huge mu- music fan, and has done a lot of these kind of tribute beers. There's a Bitches Brew, uh, wood aged stout with honey. Yeah. Right. Um, didn't like it at the the very first time I tried it, but it's starting to grow on me. Right. Um, the, it's a dry. We already mentioned the Flaming Lips beer. Not good. There's it's, well, it, it, it's no, fine. I, it's I fine. agree. It's it it. Based on how it's marketed, based on what they say is going to be in there, because it's right, dragon fruit, dragon right. fruit, yum yum fruit, yeah. pear juice. So you think it's going to be this real juicy, sweet, fruit, but it's it's fruity, yeah, it's and not. it's just it yeah. kind of just like a normal beer. I mean, yeah. it's good, yeah. but it's that's it's one of their many, un- many, many, many interesting beers. They did, but but one of my favorites actually, they did one in tribute to Guided by Voices, their mm. album B Thousand, uh-huh. a few years back, and I can't remember what the beer was called, but I think it was like the twentieth anniversary of B Thousand. And they did that, um, and of course, and I'm just like that's one of my favorite albums from the '90s. So, and they've got that IPA series, the 60 minute, the 90 minute, the 120 minute, and the 120 minute IPA every year that it comes out. You know, it's it's celebrated. This is one of the premier IPAs in America. I'm a little underwhelmed always by that 120. I don't. Well, it's a super. It's a triple, right? It's a a triple IPA. 60, 90, 120. It's every step up is what they boil the hops for 120 minutes or something like that, right? Right. Well, there's additions over a boil of a continuous. Yes. Boil. Yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it's intense in its own way, but it's, yeah, I agree with it's you. It's not a balanced beer. But that's one of those white whale beers people love. Well, it used beer. to be. I, th- I think it's kind of... Declined. At the, at, yeah, at this point, there's enough other th- whales out there. I think they're... I think they're releasing it in enough volume that it's more attainable, maybe, because yeah, I still see it on the shelf. But when it first came out, I know people were rushing to it, and it was a limit of this many bottles per customer right. at like every place that sold it. Um, I, I I have one aging because I want to I want to know how it develops over time. Because at first, it's like. Oh, you know, like yeah. right in hits you right in the right in the beak, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, you know. I'm interested to see how or if it mellows out yeah. over time. Yeah. Well, they make one of my favorite beers, and I look forward every single year, and that's the old school barley wine. Every single yeah. year that it comes out, I'm going to grab at least a, probably two or three, four packs of that, and age them and, and bring them out on special occasions. Mm-hmm. It's my introduction to barley wine, and it's got a sentimental thing. But that 14.7, I think, it, it hovers in the double yeah. digits. It's a heavy one. It's it's one of my favorite beers, so yeah. I salute Dogfish for that. But All right, f- enough yeah. nonsense. We're going to get to the movie. <laughs> well, but American you, Beauty, Carlos. So, but American you, Beauty. I do want to hear just a tiny bit more, Carlos. So you, you say that this beer, you feel the way about the Grateful Dead that you do about this film. Yeah, so the film we are talking about is Avengers Endgame, and if you are not for whatever insane reason, familiar with this film, it is the culmination of, on this very day that we are recording this podcast, not when it gets released, but today is May 2nd, 2019, and it has been exactly 11 years since the first Iron Man movie premiered in theaters. So we're talking about 11 years of work leading up to this film. 22 movies... A dozen and a half characters or something like that. Uh, 200 
billion dollars in box office revenue, um, an Academy Award nomination or two along the way, right. uh, all leading up to Avengers Endgame. So the long and short of it is you got a bunch of different superheroes. You got Captain America, Thor, etc., yada, yada, yada. And they, in Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War, the film before this one, Thanos finally shows up. He gathers all these inf- Infinity Stones that make him the most powerful being in the entire cosmos. And he snaps 50% of life out of existence, including a lot of the Avengers and or their loved ones right. mm-hmm. with the rest of humanity. So this film picks up... Damn. I popped. Uh, this film picks up right after that event has occurred, like... Right, like you could watch both movies in one move because it just continues straight into it. And now the Avengers are at a loss. How do we fix this? How can we bring these people back? How can we defeat Thanos? And then that's where Endgame goes. It is the endgame of the first gigantic story arc of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, it's a steaming pile of shit. What? Uh, <laughs> what? Just like Grateful, just like the Grateful Dead is. Ooh. One correction though, before we move forward. There is a an opening scene that occurs at the snap, and then we go forward five right. years. Uh, no, 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 no. We go. There's an opening scene that happens, and you see what it's happens a cold during open. the snap, a cold open. But then we go in, and there's that brief segment that yeah. takes place about like what is it like a few weeks after? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it, it hasn't yeah. been that long, and yeah, I mean, okay, so just right at the jump. If you're listening to this episode and you don't think you're getting spoilers, you're out of your fucking oh boy, mind. Yeah, okay, so we're gonna so spoilers start now. If you haven't seen the movie, I, and I mean, I was late to it, and it's it hasn't even, it's been out right. exactly by, one by week t- today, and I was late. Episode, by the time the episode comes out, it'll have been out at least ten days, if not two weeks. It'll it'll so, been yeah. out for thirteen days because this will come out. There you right. go. Yeah, right. almost two weeks. So so how, the, do, how so, do we move forward? Do you talk about why it's a steaming pile of shit, or do we? <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. So it picks up cold open titles, yeah. uh-huh. and then you get about ten or fifteen minutes of like right after the event has happened. They cut Thanos's head off in the first you know fifteen twenty minutes, and then it goes to five years later, and right. it's like oh everyone's in like group therapy and all this stuff. Which obviously, I mean, that would be a huge tragedy, and everybody would be really fucked up by it. Whatever. Um, now, I want to know what you guys think about it because I, I. I, I buried the lead. I, I already said I'll get to why later, but I want you to Carlos hear. the episode. Okay. I did. I want to hear why. I want to hear what you guys think about <laughs> okay. it. I know that David liked it because, because David it was a everything. fun movie going experience. And you just eat some popcorn, turn your brain off. And you took your kids, and you know the effects were done really well. Uh, and am I? <laughs> <laughs> Am I on the right track? I, I don't know if we even need me here anymore. I, th- I think you've kind of the, the, you can do the Dave role on this. Uh, no, I, okay, yes, you 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 have correctly predicted much of my reaction to it. Um, you know, but but I will say, um, I think what surprised me about the way I I experienced the film was that it was a lot more emotional than I had anticipated because I didn't feel that way. I don't think I felt that way about any of the Marvel films before this. Um, and I, I meant to listen back to our infinity war episode, but I didn't. So I, I can't tell you exactly what I was saying at that time. But, but what I will say is that I felt a lot more moved by some of those character. Cause this isn't like as much as this is an action film. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of action in it. I mean, there is that. Yeah. Ve- there is the very beginning where they kind of go on that quick quest to go cut off Thanos's head. But when that really doesn't solve the problem for them, you end up with 
I mean, a good like two plus hours of really just dialogue scenes where it's just characters coming to terms with this event they've gone through and then coming up with plans and then hatching those plans and from plans that aren't so much action driven as they are kind of, uh, um, I don't know, like almost like a spy movie, like they're kind of yeah. sneaking around corners and there's a tr- time travel element there. I mean, get the band back together. Yeah. I mean, there, there's all that stuff going on. And then eventually you build to that mega climactic uh, battle scene that goes on at the end. But Joe, it, what'd you think? Yeah. Well, I'm later to the Marvel whole thing because I, 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 I kind of made a personal strike against it when I missed the first two movies in a row. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, now I gotta watch... Before I watch Civil War, I gotta catch up, and that's a lot of time. First two movies. I gotta read it again. So, uh... <laughs> I, <laughs> it takes a lot of time. Yeah, right, right. So I, um... I caught up, right? And I'm fully in. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I told you... In the last episode, I told you the Beach Bum has changed the way that I think about film and the way that I think about this podcast. I mean... If you're going to have a cinematic event, the like of which we haven't seen since what, maybe Return of the Jedi, a cinematic cultural event that 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 that, that absorbs all ages and goes male and female and whatever, I want to be involved in that unless it's pure, pure garbage. This is not pure, pure garbage. It's a miracle that this movie was made. I mean, if you think about it from the from, from the from the back in twenty one films and the the writers' room that must have been not only one film. And you said, Carlos, right. an episode or two ago that you were a, a ex budding screenwriter to be able to put one script together with no content, continuity errors. And I bet we get into some continuity errors here in a little while. Then or potential then. 21 weaving films together that have to touch this plot point over here within right. a three-act structure. And it's a, it is a miracle that this movie was made and the contractual ability for all of these high-dollar stars to get together on one screen. And then when those fucking people come out of those portals during that final battle scene and the way that and the, oh, they hammer and, and Captain America's got the hammer, I, I was totally engaged and I enjoyed it very, very much. I will admit that it is a logistical feat yeah. to put all that together. I think that's a better term than miracle, yes. But I, but I, yeah. it, is, it, is, it, is a, it is a logistical feat. Um, I didn't feel any way about the portal thing. I was just like, okay, finally, we've gotten here. Um, it's like, I mean, you know, I, I said this um, uh, in the back half of our Infinity War episode a year ago. Um, when we were talking about Justice League, that there is a plot point in Batman versus Superman, which was the buildup, you know, Marvel to had Justice 22 League, yeah. or, you know, uh, seven or eight before the first Avengers. DC had the one. Um, well, I guess three maybe, but um, there's a plot point in that film where Lex Luthor is trying to buy some kryptonite, but the U.S. Senate won't let him do it. Mm-hmm. And they spend like a half an hour on that. And it's like, Dude, he's gonna get the kryptonite. It's like <laughs> such a key fucking point of this movie. Right. You know, uh, why are why are you showing me this? Like, and just the same way at the beginning of Batman versus Superman, they show Bruce's parents dying again. I fucking get it, dude. Like, I've seen this a bunch of times. You don't need to show me this. And that that's yeah. one thing that Spider-Man: Homecoming I feel like did kind of well is they didn't waste a lot of time on that because we we get it. Like, yeah. we know. Um, and that's kind of how I felt about a lot of this movie. I mean, the getting the band back together scene I didn't need. I know. We know. 
that they're all going to come together again. Like, don't, I don't need to spend 10 minutes in each character's wherever the fuck they are. Uh, you know, I, I, I just don't need that. Like, that's that's a waste of time. And it doesn't really do a ton for the character development. It's gotten a lot of shit for the Thor scene. And I was thinking stupid. I thought it was stupid. Yeah. It was really fucking dumb. He's a fucking god. Right. He can't get fat. Right. He's a god. Well, yeah. even if he can, he certainly fights as if he's not fat when he puts yeah. the, the, the suit on. Not winded at all. On. Yeah, and he doesn't really even look that big with the suit on. No. It's really dumb. Yeah. The only good thing about that particular part is we get a creature comfort cameo. I don't know if you guys caught that yes but he's yes. holding a can he's, of creature comfort he's uh, drinking tropicalia yeah the, which is cool because that's craft beer and non-craft beer places yeah. it's a it's a micro brew and a macro so I, I was wondering uh, i mean they did funny. not pay for it they didn't they did not so somebody involved with the film really likes that beer and they wanted to give them an on-screen shout out i have not read it yet but they have uh posted some kind of blog post or something explaining how they that ended up happening really uh, yeah so they kind of get i i again i haven't i haven't okay. read it yet but we, i you know um, and I, i've even thought of that like but there's no way we don't get it in our market i yeah i wouldn't have been able to get my hands i've had it before yeah people have brought it from georgia but, yeah it's uh, a it's a popular uh popular beer but uh yeah didn't need to get the, the band back together scene um I felt, and maybe it's just a glaring omission on my part because I got kind of bored during the movie, um, but the Doctor Strange giving up the Time Stone thing, that doesn't really pay off. What do you mean? Well, it, without giving up the Time Stone, you don't have the battle that kills Thanos and reverses the 50%. Yeah. As far as the universe they've created, these Time Stones, all the six stones together must be yeah. collected. No, for sure, but if Doctor Strange didn't give up the Time Stone voluntarily... Thanos still would have gotten it. Well, you're getting to the core of the problem, and that right, is that. But, the, well, but hold on, maybe, hold on. But, not but if he didn't give it to him in that moment, in that specific way, then it may not have played out because he saw it, 14 million. It's true, matches. and I, it's true. But that's fucking lazy. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna make a character, if a butterfly flaps its wings, uh, yeah. Carlos. Okay, well, we'll get to that in a fucking second too. <laughs> if, if you're gonna make a character go against its literal main core principle, it needs to pay off later. There needs to be something that happens. Otherwise, you just did a thing. And to me, the emotional weight that was put on that moment at Infinity War does not pay off in Endgame. Huh. And I just think that's kind of bad, lazy writing. And I think that a lot of this movie shortfalls come from the writers writing themselves into a hole. And infinity war and not really having a good plan on how to get out of it the time travel thing is ridiculous i mean there are so many logical errors in that idea uh like they go back in time change things and literally everything stays the exact same no yeah. fuck no are you crazy the one goes back and talks to his mom that alone sets off a ripple effect of fucked up stuff but that's not the universe they created in this film yeah and it's dumb because I know but that. They, they solve that when War Machine says every single movie you've ever seen this is the way that time travel works are you saying it doesn't work that way Correct. Why doesn't it work that way? Why doesn't get does answered. It? N- n- neither theories are proven. Mm, I think that you it, just prefer the theory that's more comfortable, which is that when Marty McFly goes back in time, you better not mess things too much up too much. It's not more comfortable. It just did it, you see Marty McFly in that last sequence though? That was amazing when the DeLorean came through the portal. It was awesome. You're lying. A lot of people. I mean, as. Now, now this is definitely getting way too deep into this. Yeah, but go ahead, go as 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 a hard determinist, somebody that thinks that you know, like everything happens because of the laws of physics are governing the universe, and everything has a cause and effect relationship. If you do one thing different by virtue of that 
law of the universe and of physics and the things that govern everything that we do, then yeah, it changes definitively what happens in the future. And also, you're going to go take the stones from point A, come back to point B, and then take them back to point A. They're still in fucking point A. You put them right back where you found them. I think the problem is, is that, that makes no sense. If you're going to go back and no, take the Infinity no, Stones, really you're going to no move sense. them somewhere else. No, what makes no sense is Steve Rogers being old in this current universe. It makes no sense under the rules that they... No, that, Steve no, Rogers that makes old. sense. No, yeah, makes no, no. Sense. So hold on. Steve Rogers is old in the universe based on the idea that you're correct, that the only way that this works is when you go back in time and change it, there's only one time and he's old. And it stays the same. But in there, you, what they were saying was that every time you change anything in the past, it creates an alternative universe. Yeah. But, so, yeah, so, so where so, is Steve Rogers? And the answer is, according to the directors, we might have to... Uh, Look at that a little closer in the future. Yeah, but fuck that. I don't care about that. Who cares about that? At Every this single point? person that's involved in this franchise, I mean, it all just, pays off at the end. It's, but so here, okay, and here's another big bone to pick that I have with this whole universe. Nothing pays off. It all gets to a point where it's supposed to pay off. You can keep writing yourself into these situations where, where you can get out even of if you have a plot hole or some glaring, like, logical issue in uh, your film you're gonna be like oh, we're just gonna get to that in the next one fuck you did you like the mcu huh. prior to now yeah i think when that, did you depart i think that there are some really good films in uh in in there and um i think another thing that upsets me about endgame is that you have a lot of characters that are shortened of their full potential and in this movie uh thor is just like the prime example elephant in the room of a character that is not uh given their fair shake Um, an mcu movie that is incredible and really really well made well written well acted and super fun to watch is thor ragnarok and that's because you have taika watiti who knows that unlike joel schumacher who says this is just a comic book movie nobody cares he says Okay, it's a comic book movie. People do care, but because it's a comic book movie, we can have fun with it. Like, these are superheroes that have these ridiculous powers and all this stuff. And he goes and he has fun with it. He drops Thor in this crazy scenario and does all this stuff. And then he gave gave us what we always wanted was Thor whooping ass to Immigrant Song, which that sequence, (laughs) if you go back and rewatch it, is amazing. It is brilliantly executed. That is a fun, good movie. No, no super glaring, absolutely terrible plot holes in it that are gonna really fuck it all up. No super glaring plot holes where Taika says we're gonna come back to that in the next one. We're gonna come back and re-examine that and maybe you know do something with it. Uh, it's bullshit that that's the excuse because this is the end game. There shouldn't be a loose end that big in the end game. Well, unless so you, wait, unless the universe is, is meant to work that way. What, what is the huge loose end? I, I'm losing so, well, Steve, well, Steve Steve Rogers is what we were talking about. Yeah. So he's an old man now. If he's an old man in their universe, then he was never at the Battle of New York in Avengers 1. He never stopped Ultron in Avengers 2 because he would have been yeah, like that, a well, billion years old. Right, but, the, but I mean, they... 
I don't know. I mean, he I, goes he goes to put the stones back. No, and then I, when I he understand. goes to put the stones back, he goes back to his original time and lives right. out his literal entire life in real time as if he had never gotten trapped in the ice. If you're telling me that he can go back and not get trapped in that ice and live a normal quote unquote normal life for uh-huh. Steve Rogers and nothing changes, you can go fuck yourself. That is the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. Those are fighting and words. It clearly, clearly would have extreme ramifications on the outcome that they find themselves in at the end. See, what was interesting to me was that I went in, if you listen to the Beach Bum episode, which is the last episode, the last thing I say is we're going into the quagmire of the Avengers endgame where it's obliterating any other great new movies from coming to the theater. And it is. That's another beef I have with this movie. All the theater space. But it goes back to our Jaws conversation, which was as the movie industry continues to try to make money, and they realize that the massive amount of money they can make are these kind of films that lead to a, a film that has broken any box office record that ever existed, the end game. Yeah. Uh, then success be- begets more success. Mm-hmm. We get more of this. And, 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 okay, so that's fine. If that's what you're going to give us because of that, as long as you give us the beach bum every once in a while, I'll be satisfied. <laughs> but uh, if you're going to give us this, give it to us as entertaining as possible. And I had such a. I had such a great experience with the, with, with the movie. That said, the first thing I did when I got home or the next day or whatever was I Googled, explain the ending. Explain these things. And you shouldn't have to do that in a movie called Endgame. Yeah. So, that means it's a not good movie. So, okay. I was, Hold on. Because I'm not done. <laughs> I got one more thing to say. I'm All sorry right. that I no, interrupted. Go I got it. one more you thing go to say. Hey, you David, go let's go it. get some food in the kitchen. <laughs> and we'll come back. And- He's already done me for this episode. I, I think that... You're right. You can have big, huge cultural event movies like this, and they don't have to be super high art. They don't have to be taken seriously. They don't have to be groundbreaking cinema. The main issue that I have with this one is that it is being hailed as this amazing, like greatest action movie ever made, which it's not. And it does, despite what anybody says, it does take itself seriously in a way that something like Hobbs and Shaw does not. That's a really fun, giant budget huge money maker that i'm gonna go see and i'm gonna have a good fucking time because it doesn't give a shit about what anybody thinks about it it is completely crazy because you, 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 wait, you wait until that scene where hobbs goes into chemo and it starts Shaw making out with Shaw. there but he's he, no, hey wait 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 no wait, i can't wait, wait, I, I can't, wait. I can't this is my this is my time you're right, right. so <laughs> i liked the spin that they put on time travel in this film I think it's a whole different approach. I think it's one where the the point that they were making is that you don't go back and revise what happened in the past. You go back and you start a new part of that timeline that extends forward from where you were. That it is not like you are revising your past as you experienced it. You are going back to the past. You then you missed a huge point of this movie. Oh no! Because when he when they go back to New York during the first event, the events of the first Avengers, right. and get the time stone from Tilda Swinton, right. she says that that will happen. The only way they can prevent that from happening is to go back and put the time stones back exactly where they found them. And if they did that, they would not create a second timeline. Okay. She explicitly says they will not create it, and the reason that at first she doesn't want to give them the stone is because she's worried about what can happen in that fractured timeline, time and the yes. only way to prevent it is to go put them back exactly where they found them. Right. At the exact time in the exact place. Yeah. So they did not create a second timeline. I, th- I think they, they messed with Tilda Swinton's character. They totally revised the, what happened in the past right. to just make everything better. And also... 
a film that does time travel much better than this one is Looper, because in Looper, there's a scene with Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt at the diner, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, where Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, who is a young Bruce Willis, uh-huh. literally says, what, what the fuck's going on? Time travel, I need to know about this. And Bruce Willis looks him dead in the face and says, we don't have time to get into all this time travel shit right now. Let's move on. <laughs> done. You're done. Right, right. Yeah, I guess... I I just don't get hung up on we, this is this, actually going back to uh, you know our like the rules thing that, that you guys were getting about horror films right. and stuff and like once yeah, we how up, you the shot. once we set up rules in this universe <laughs> we, must, it's we must follow these rules I'll go there when we're talking about human emotion I will not go there when I'm talking about science fiction concepts that really don't I mean I'm impressed when people can do it in really amazing ways I think Primer is a film that I would point people to where it's like mind-bendingly strange version of time travel that you really do need to read supplemental material to understand but on the other hand a film like this that's mostly for fun or back to the future or most films that do time travel i'm not going to scrutinize the time travel element as long as it makes enough sense to get me through the story I don't really care. And I'll say this too. You're reading articles online about people crying in this movie. Yeah. The which emo- I do not understand. Understand. And we, we can tell that you wouldn't understand that based on your general reaction of the film. But it is connecting with people. I, I didn't cry at all. Thank but God. But we I can c- continue to do this podcast. <laughs> but I can tell you that my uh, a person I work with uh, did, because she saw the movie last night and came to work today. We wouldn't talk about it until we all saw it. And then she said, oh my God, I cried in so many parts. So it, it, it it's evoking an emotion because you have been on a journey with these people for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. W- what film franchise has done that? That's not to say that it's a Lord good thing to do, but it's an wow. interesting... Lord, Lord of the Rings was like three four years mm, it was three movies but i think it, they came out every two years okay six years all right it's fine. a better part of a decade four years um <laughs> there are only two more things i have to say about this because if i say everything i want to say we'll go on forever okay uh one uh hawkeye's literally just massacring people and he's they just rodent. get over it he's rotten they just get over it yeah I think, I think we live in a world where we just on. kind of they're, forgive they're, things they're talking about what how horrendous it is. They can't even believe that it's him that's doing these things. Uh, Hopefully it's not him. It could be somebody else. No, it's definitely him. How could he do such a thing? Uh, Do you want to come back, buddy? Okay, cool. I'll forgive and we're done. Uh Fuck that. That was so dumb. Why even start that narrative if you're not going to finish it or it's not going to pay off? These are the things that bother me because you're the one writing the fucking movie, man. If you're not going to pay that storyline off, take it out. Uh, Do something simpler. I'll I'll give you the Hawkeye one. That that one I I didn't understand why we even had to have it. Absolutely no reason. Other than he had been pushed to this desperate point where he had... Which is a great storyline and it and it was a great piece of writing until it didn't pay off that right. was one of the more compelling parts of the getting the band back together sequence it was that it was pretty good and i was interested for the first time in hawkeye because of that yeah and then it doesn't but do anything doesn't, and then yeah. they totally fuck it up and I then my second thing is that i mean hawkeye is literally the most useless character in the entire universe uh, and they sh- he should have died instead of scarlett johansson's black widow i mean i know that it was more emotionally like intense the black widow thing and i i did kind of you know that was the one that hit me the most because i do really like that character and uh i've always thought she was underserved in the films and that she was more compelling than a lot of the people that got solo films um 
and, and so I get it. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you had a perfect opportunity to not have to deal with Hawkeye anymore. <laughs> like, and have this more interesting character that you can make more solo films. People will go see a Black Widow solo movie like we talked about. They're, They're making a prequel one. movie, yeah. yeah. But now you can't do sequels because she's dead. Well, you can, you can do you a, can series her back of, a series of prequels, sure, I guess. Yeah. But, um, and, and then who knows like what that could turn into in terms of now that they've introduced time travel. I mean, maybe yeah. she's going to shoot into the future. And, 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 and this is, you know, stuff like this is what got DC into trouble in the 80s. You know, when you start build in, in, in the comics, not in film. Oh, okay. Obviously. I was well, going to say that, when, I mean, when you Superman start, had other problems, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you start building in these devices so that you can bring characters back or create new universes to tell different stories, it gets really fucking convoluted and really hard to keep up over a long period of time. And it, it eventually sank DC for a yeah. long time. Their popularity waned dramatically because there was a point where comic readers scrutinized, made fun of DC as the publisher you had to have a phd to understand their stories who wants to read those they're so complicated nobody wants that um and i mean honestly robert downey jr is one that got me through this movie yeah he is one of the if not the most charismatic entertainer of our generation maybe like him and like denzel on screen are so electrifying and so like fun to watch that it doesn't matter what it is. You can just, he, I mean, even in, even he in Sherlock, great. he's fun to watch. And those aren't even great movies. Those are just no. fine. Yeah. But he's he's just so good as Tony Stark. He was made to play that character, and I'm glad he got to do it for the time that he did. Because without him in these team-up movies, I would have had no interest in sitting well, I oh, Okay, well, I will, I'll uh, do a hat tip. I, you know, just so so Carlos, I Hated the Hulk thing, too. Oh, I was just gonna say I love the Hulk thing. That that was I. Mark Ruffalo, I think, has been a really good Hulk. I've he's liked, a good Hulk. I've liked him all along, both as Banner and Hulk. And I like this Professor Hulk character coming in. And what would he have evolved into in five years? And it's true to the comic. So. Yeah. So again, I know it's a. I'm not a big comic guy, but yeah. I know it's something they've done in the comics before. And I think that we have to get back down to the point that easier in comics because it's not CGI. This is what people want to watch clearly look at the box office up. yeah I, I again i think paul rudd as ant-man mm-hmm. i've always liked i've liked him in his two solo films civil war he was fine the, i think he he plays the nice comic relief role that yeah. he always does in every film that he's ever been in i mean that's just what he is and, and he does it well so i think i think there's some other performers in there who worth i mean that's one of the stunning things when you like I don't know if you guys Carlos didn't he probably like exited <laughs> even before the battle was over but if you stay and you watch the sequence in the credits where they're showing you all the name actors and I mean look at that fucking cast right. I mean we're talking everybody from Robert Redford uh-huh. to uh, you know th- these guys we're mentioning Mark Ruffalo Scarlett Johansson all the I mean it's just every top name actor working in Hollywood in the last 30 years, 40 years, that that has been pulled into this thing. It's really impressive, the, the kind of talent that they've uh, they pulled together. And so I think that's part of what makes those scenes effective. And I did get... Now, I wouldn't say I did a lot of weeping during the film, although I did shed a tear or two. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to get kicked off the podcast <laughs> for this. But, but I found a lot of those scenes emotionally moving. I mean, I think Robert Downey Jr. does a nice job. It, there isn't a ton of time to develop that relationship with the daughter, but I think they do it pretty effectively. Uh-huh. And then when it all kind of goes down, I felt it. It was, it was, uh, it was satisfying and, and you know sad, but also satisfying. I, th- I think there's enough in there. I mean, I think there is a reason that audiences are largely sure. embracing this film. And 
while I agree with you, Joe, that I don't want this to dominate in the way it does, if, if there's a negative review here for me, it's, boy, is it scary how many screens are taken up by this thing. Right. And that, I mean, if I want to go see another movie for the next couple of weeks, it's going to be really hard because there's just not a lot of space the on screens to be able to see the, see anything Because else. they're chasing, they're going to chase that cash. Right. Yeah. So... I'm pretty grateful that this part of the MCU is dead. Uh, what did you guys think about this beer? I'm enjoying it. I mean, it's not like... It, now, you said this was like a $15, $15 six-pack? Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, that's more than I'd probably want to pay Agreed. for this. Um, you're, but, pay, you're paying for the word uh, special release, dogfish. Right. You know, you're paying so, for those words. Dead. So from that standpoint, I guess I'm a little bit underwhelmed by it. I mean, I don't get a ton of... I get maybe a little bit of honey in there, but I, I don't know what the granola does for it. It doesn't... It seemed like it. I I had a bottle it, it, of this. It's a gimmick. I had a bottle of this about a month ago. Yeah. So, not that long after it was bottled, and it was a bit better. Yeah. Was oh, that right? That's interesting. It's changed. I think every year I buy a six pack of this. Probably the never... hops were fresher. You're yeah. probably yeah. getting a little more of that. I, I mean, it's a decent pale ale, and actually, given that it's six point five percent, I'd probably put it more in an IPA category, just because. It's it's more there and it and it has enough of a hop character that I it would does. put it there. Yeah. But um. But yeah, I mean, so as if you just hand this to me to drink it, great. I'm I'm enjoying it. But if you say, hey, are you gonna drop fifteen dollars for this special Grateful Dead? No, I'm probably not. I do it every year. I buy one <laughs> six pack a year. You buy one six yeah, pack of this when it comes out. Really? Yeah. So this is an annual one. Yeah, it's a okay. seasonal. Huh. Oh, oh no, it's a special release. They've done it two times now. So you're are you a Grateful Dead fan? I don't care about that. I get, okay. the, get the granola thing. I, I like to keep up with what Dogfish right. does. Yeah. You follow me? I'm not going to go home and okay. put, a, That's, put the, I was just curious. Because like, for me, buying the B1000 beer, I like, a big part of that was, I love Guided by Voices. Yeah. I'm going to want to buy this beer. I'm going to put on B1000. I like Grateful I'm going to sit in my living room. And I like drink, Grateful yeah. Dead. If this was a music show, we'd find out what Carlos hates about them. But I, I think you should no, do a, right, a, a, a blog post. I don't, really, I, don't, I don't really hate that. I hate them that much. I just don't care about them. Yeah. I was just being dramatic. Okay. Uh, as, as I tend to do from time to time. Um, and I will probably do a bit more of that in the second half of this episode. We are going to uh, get into our experiences with this entire 11-year debacle. Yeah. And uh, probably drink another pretty decent beer with it. But we all like this one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, new beer, new movies when we return. Right.
All right, we're back, and we are going to delve deeper into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We, we've touched on some of it uh, as we were talking about Avengers Endgame, but we kind of want to look back at it and see what were the hits, what were the misses, and maybe even towards the end think about where it might be headed in its next phase. But uh, before we do that, we want to fill our glasses, and for this second half of the episode, we have a beer from Chicago, Illinois. This is from Pipeworks Brewing. It is their Ninja vs. Unicorn. (laughs) It is, I believe, 8% ABV. It is a double IPA. They uh, have been brewing for a number of years now. Uh, They say it celebrates the epic battle between two of the biggest hopheads of lore, Brewed with over five pounds of hops per barrel, this unfiltered double IPA is sure to please the most discerning hop lover. So we'll see if it pleases us. I have not had this before, but it's it's good and unfiltered. It's got the haze to it, right? Yeah, you can't see through this beer. No. You cannot. But but it's like a nice uh, light kind of uh, yellowy haze. It's nice. I'm, I'm enjoying the color and I'm enjoying the aroma. And, and so, David, tell us the ABV again, please. 8%? 8. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. So we'll sip on this and, uh, and walk ourselves back through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm kind of curious, guys. Were you there from day one? Were you, were you Iron Man viewers? Did you yeah. know that this was, uh, no. this was happening? Y- yes and no. I didn't know that this was going to become the thing that it became. I don't know yeah. if, I don't know if the, at the time that Iron Man dropped that they knew that it would become what it would become. Because John, Fav- John Favreau directing, uh, at the time, risky Robert Downey Jr. and had a past that we all kind of know sure. about. Uh, had, he's never le- He hadn't led a film in a very long time. But Iron Man 1 came out of the gate swing, and I enjoyed that movie very, very much. Yeah, Favreau had to fight pretty hard, I think, with the studio to, to get uh, Robert Downey Jr. to do it. And also, I, I just want to give credit where credit is due. Marvel and Disney and all these people owe their fucking lives to John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, what a great filmmaker yeah. he is. I mean, I feel like he does now such big budget kind yeah. of like studio films that he doesn't necessarily get the credit that he deserves. But I mean, we're talking swingers from yeah. swingers yeah. to fucking Jungle Book. My God, like yeah. what a the upcoming Lion King. Yeah, what a jump! And the Jungle Book was very well received. I uh, I didn't get to see it, um, but I know for sure um, based on my wife's reaction to the trailers, we're gonna go see Lion King. <laughs> um, but I had the same reaction. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was with Iron Man since day one. I thought. When I saw that movie was coming out, I was like, Iron Man? Because there's shit about Iron Man. You know, I wasn't really into comics at the time. Uh, and I went and saw it. I was like, that was a good fucking movie. Yeah, it was just entertaining. It was, it was entertaining. And, and, and man, that, well, Robert Downey Jr. is good. You, you said that 15 minutes ago. The charisma of Robert Downey Jr. was fully realized with that Iron Man role. Yeah, I mean... I'm, we haven't seen charisma like that since Weird Science. We go back into his, you know, filmography. And, I mean, he is... Thoroughly captivating as Chap as, as Charlie yeah, Chaplin and Chaplin. Right. I mean, he's fantastic in a lot of those things. That just the drug riddled years stunted or you know kind of paused. It his prevented career. him from being his full self. It did, and it prevented him from being just like a thirty year mammoth of an actor that he could have been without yeah. that. You know, he could. I, I think he'd be the first one to say that. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but yeah, I remember seeing that, being very surprised with how good it was. So, if you had the chance, would you use a pim particle to go back in time to prevent Robert Downey Jr. from having been a drug addict? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's, that's not my point. 
that's, that's Robert. Oh, yeah, that's Robert Downey. Put Downey down Jr. the Infinity Stones, <laughs> RDJ. Put okay. down the Infinity. <laughs> he can make. He can make that decision. Uh, yeah, really like that movie. Definitely. I don't think that they had any idea the scope of which they were no. going to build this. I think that there was kind of a seed of an idea that we can, you know, do more Marvel movies, not necessarily. Well, especially this. when it made as much money as. Well, it did. okay, so that's exactly yeah. before the movie came out. I think it was like, oh, we'll see how it does. But right. I mean, you know, and then it came out and just like blew the doors off at theaters, right. and they we're were gonna like, make, oh yeah, twenty. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna make twenty-two do, more movies. No, no, no twenty-one no, more movies. You're right. We're gonna make as many of these as we can, and somewhere along the way, they thought, oh, hold on a second, we've got an opportunity here to to do something big. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I was there from day one, and I did really like Iron Man yeah. a lot when I saw it the first time. The second one, I went to and I saw, and I was like, oh yeah, that was cool. And then I thought about it the next day. I was like, ah, oh, it wasn't that cool. Yeah. And now that I've gone back and rewatched Iron Man later, not a great movie. Iron Man one. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. It, it felt great because well, of which, Robert Downey Jr. Which reaction Jr. is correct? The one you originally had, or the one you have with? Because uh, sometimes movies don't hold up. Yeah, it, it, it's not that I think that it's not that I think it doesn't hold up. It's just that some of the other Marvel movies since then have been vastly superior. Okay, well, yeah. And then when you really get down to brass tacks about that, what that movie is, it's he just fights him a bigger version of himself at the end, and that's like, eh, it's whatever, right, you know. Yeah. Uh, at the time, it was like, oh dang, this is crazy, but uh, it kind of. But the but the introduction to what would become a huge. Yeah, I mean, he's great in it, and that's why it was so good, and that's right. why it was so much fun. And Sam Rockwell's good in that. Shouts out Sam Rockwell. Jeff Bridges. Um, yeah, I will always stand Jeff Rock, or, uh, Sam Rockwell on this uh, podcast, but. Yeah, and then he's great. So, so where, where do we go from there? It's Iron Man one, right? So, so Iron Man was is the first in the series, although followed very closely thereafter by probably the biggest bomb in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, The Incredible Hulk, um, which yeah. was was actually Ed Norton. Ed Norton, remember yeah. that was yeah. that was the attempt- Ang Lee. No, 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 no. Ang Lee was Eric Bana. That's and right, that was a right. piece of shit. Stupid. <laughs> that yeah. was a bad movie then. It's a bad movie now. I haven't Not as it. bad as The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. But, uh, the Hulk was terrible. The Incredible Hulk was just bad. Yeah. Right, right. So The Incredible Hulk, they had brought in Zach Penn, who had scripted the X-Men stuff. Uh, um, yeah. and, and I think we're trying to, to get that character going. Uh, and, and I don't know that they necessarily even knew that it was all going to tie in. But um, so. but they were doing them because there was definitely there was basically. definitely no tie in in the whole. I think that they were experimenting as they went. If Iron Man will work, let's redo. We we done the Edward Norton Hulk. Let's 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 revamp these characters. Right. They, they've done it with Spider Man seventeen times. You know what too I mean? many times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the current Spider Man, by the way, is the best Peter Parker. The, of the three, I agree. But by not the best Spider Man movie of the three. Spider Man two, Parker. Yeah, Spider Man two, Tobey Tobey Maguire. Right. So so th- so you Continue have that. Keep us on of, track. Keep us on kind track. of a misstep there. We have a long way to sort. Yeah. Um. But it, but that was before they really had this grand plan. But with the huge success of Iron Man, the the next one after that was Iron Man two. Right. And when that did succeeded well. and did really well, that's when they started bringing in Thor, Captain America. And ultimately building towards that first Avengers film. Yeah, right. first Captain America is bad. First Thor is bad. Uh, was there another I one agree. before that? Uh, no, those it was Thor, then, Captain America, and then, and then you then get Avengers. Avengers, also bad. Right. Yeah, the first Avengers. Wait, the first yeah. Avengers bad? It's not good. No. Well, and 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 before we really get into that, I just wanted to be known that one of my favorite creators of all time is Joss Whedon. Okay. So Joss Whedon making Ooh. that movie and me still saying it's bad 
really means it. It, it, it hurts. <laughs> It See, now, here's where I've got to... Every time I've watched it, I've fallen asleep. Here's where I've got to wow. step away from that essential MCU that we're going to get into. Because I skipped the first Avengers. I don't remember why or how, but all the kids saw it and everyone yeah. saw it, but uh-huh. I didn't see the first Avengers. Yeah, it didn't need to. But keep going. And then what comes after the first Avengers? Well, then they went to Iron Man 3. So Iron they, Man so 3, they, they went... very poorly received. Was it? By fans, at least. Okay. Because the, the fake villain thing did not... See, People did not like that. That was one that I skipped. Especially because that villain in the comics is such a you know, formidable opponent right. that they were just like, psych? And uh, yeah, did not... Uh, I mean, I worked in a comic book shop when that movie came out, uh-huh. and yeah. I did not hear a single positive thing about it huh. in that period of time. Interesting, interesting. Uh, and I'm you know, slanging the books to people during that, the, right. that period. Right. So, so after that... So following that, you had Thor, The Dark World. Underrated. Didn't see it. Captain America, Winter Soldier. Which I think was that was the first time these Russo brother yeah. guys got Who involved. Who I love before this. Really? What was their community. stuff before this? Integral did, part of community. They were what? Co-creators, uh, writers, I think they directed producers? some. I think they. Pro- okay. I know they were producers. I think they directed some, and I think maybe they co-wrote some stuff. Uh, but they were a pretty big part of some of the earlier community okay. stuff. That's where they got their start. Was in TV. Oh, you, me, and Dupree. Uh, That's whoa, interesting. interesting. Um, I have no idea. I haven't seen Winter Soldier because I missed it at the time. But by all accounts, across the board, from my casual movie going friends to my very critical comic book friends to my just general cinema friends. Everyone loves that movie. Yeah. It says that, it's just a great espionage spy thriller. Yeah. Right. It, it, it was one that I remember getting some really great reviews and that again, that was kind of in, in this period where I was in, this is part, partly my, uh, my own personal history becoming a parent that yeah. I, w- I was not as able to go to the movies and, yeah. uh, and anyway, but, but right after that, probably what got them the Avengers role too was the success of that film. Sure. Yeah. Right after that guardians of the galaxy, which is where I kind of jumped back on the MCU okay. train and I loved that movie. You see, when I went to see Guardians of the Galaxy in the theater with the whole family, I didn't know that it, there was an MCU train. I, I hadn't uh, been paying attention. Yeah, This was kind of a standalone fun film. Right. And Chris Pratt was at the height own. of his powers. Yeah. And yeah. and it, that was well, a, he was that just was, coming into them. That was just a fun film to watch. It was a he good reached his film. height in that film. Yeah, he did. You think so? That was the one that, yeah, I that think he's catapulted him. Yeah, uh, yeah. I went into that well, movie. When was, when was Jurassic World? It was after, after that. In between that and Guardians, I 2. feel like th- there's got to at least be Twin Peaks there. I mean, that was uh, a huge film. Yeah. It was a huge film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I went into Guardians in a very similar state of mind that I went into the first Iron Man, uh, a slightly more critical because I was a little older, obviously. That's how time works. Um, which Endgame doesn't know. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so I, I went into that thinking, okay, because I, I was into the I was into comics at the time. I, I was at the peak of my, like, you know, uh, knowledgeable, knowledgeability of comics. Like, I knew the most and I yeah. was in it every day because of where I worked and stuff and mm-hmm. I was buying books every week. And so, even in that world, I was like, no one gives a shit about Guardians. Yeah. Like, no one bought Guardians of the Galaxy books at my shop. Right. Ever. No one talked about Guardians of the Galaxy. No one gave two shits about the Guardians of the Galaxy. Really? And so whenever that movie came out, I was like, I like this. This is a bold move to take such an obscure property and make it this mass right. mammoth film that it was, which it was, and to... 
tie it into this huge universe that they have created. I like, I like, well, I like this. I can't and tell so, you one bit of the plot of Guardians of the Galaxy. Which is why it's not a great movie. But I can tell you, though, that they perfectly cast that thing. They did. I perfectly agree with that. Perfectly and, cast yeah. it. And I think James Gunn was a sure. great choice. He's got a for, sense of humor that he gets along. He gets it across really which well. Is, and then he's gotten some trouble for it. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, right, right. That got him kicked off the third film. And right. then brought back on. Is he brought back on? Yeah, yeah he's, he's Disney didn't give a shit about it. Oh, okay. About actually well, doing it was what's a, right. It was it was a politically incorrect tweet, right? He was making like rape jokes and stuff. Was it rape jokes? Like pe- pedophilic rape jokes. Yeah, well, um, he started with trauma. I mean, th- very, is... very over the line stuff. But it, I mean, like he got his start with trauma films. Yeah, which and I'm is sure at the time in the context, you know, all about a... just like yeah. we don't have any money, so what we're gonna do is do the most outrageous, gross yeah. out, weird stuff that we possibly can, and there's an audience for that. So it's it's he's an incredible story to me, just from the standpoint of like this is a guy who started out with the film that is. The trauma version of Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. Juliet. Yeah, that a is, classic. It is. It's a. It's a. It is a Z grade classic film. Yeah. But moved into doing the Scooby Doo films, and then into one of the biggest franchises. Sure. In I'm glad. I'm glad you said Scooby Doo because I left one thing out of. Avengers Endgame. Yeah? I love Linda Cardellini. I do too. Oh, I, there you go. Every no, no, no. time she's on screen, my heart flutters. I, I, you know, I give love me, You know, and I was, even, right. I was thinking of that because I know you have this love for Linda Cardellini. I, yeah. And I'm like, love well, certainly that she bookends this film. Yeah. I like that. going to win Carlos over, but I it wasn't that. enough. It wasn't it enough. It wasn't enough, but I did okay. really enjoy right. her Very in this nice. movie. Uh, yeah, she's so, fantastic. So Guardians... Also, uh, Ken Jeong's cameo. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so... A, a yes. community throwback. A community. That. Yeah. Shouts out. Uh, but on. yeah, so Guardians happens. Uh, I really liked it. Everyone lost their shit over it, and that made me think a little harder about it. I was like, was it really that good? Went back and rewatched <laughs> it. Not as good. It's, it's, it's fine. It's, a, it's it, fun. Again, like going it's back... It's fun. I hate, don't like the soundtrack. Going it's back really to your initial review or version of my review, it's a fun popcorn it movie. Is. It is just like as much fun as you're going to have at the movies it, it hits in the, the right summer. Yeah. Really I, I remember going to see that like middle of summer, yeah. you know, group of young That was people. a good was, full family it was outing. It was. It was. So Still after that, you had the Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. Um, Did not care I, for. It didn't watch Second it. outing with Joss Whedon. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, that, you know, I mean, it forwarded the story. All but the- it- Although I did love that Ultron was voiced by James Spader. <laughs> One of my favorite decisions in this entire universe was to have uh, Robert California uh, voice Ultron, which was great. Right. But yeah, not a great movie. And that that movie was where I hit my threshold for, okay, I cannot I don't handle, like where this is going. I cannot handle another city-leveling apocalyptic yeah. superhero movie. I can't do it. I'm so tired of it. I can it. get with But then, well, th- and that's why... Following right after that, just a couple months later, Ant Man. Yeah. See, I saw Ant Man in the theater yeah. again, ig- having ignored the MCU right. prior to now. Right. Or you know, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. We went to go see Ant Man as a one-off, and I'll tell you why. Because I just love Paul Rudd. Right. Paul yeah. Rudd's just that an was actor perfect. I enjoy Another watching. Great, great casting moment. Sure. It's like. Who could possibly play this character and make it endearing and, and interesting and so Oh, Paul Rudd. Now my course. thoughts on the Ant Man, the the movie, Yellow Jacket, Corey Stoll, it was just the Wasp one, yeah, Ant Man yeah. and the Wasp. No, the, no, 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 the, the first movie, his. No, oh, yeah. oh yeah, 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 the villain. Right, his villain was. Yeah, yeah. It, it it was a it was ninety minutes of comic book shit. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't that great, but Paul Rudd made me laugh a couple of times. 
Yeah. But I, I didn't know. know that, you know, he's going to, many, many films later, be Superman, or what do they call him, Giant Man, and right. punch that thing, that that that, <laughs> sh- that alien ship, the right. worm ship. Yeah. That was a great scene in Endgame. It was yeah. fun. It was just yeah. fun. All right, go ahead. So, it's fine. so, so that, and, and that's kind of the end of phase two of the Infinity yeah. Saga. And then you get into Captain America Civil War, which touches off this right. more the the the, the third act yeah. of, the, of the Marvel Cinematic It brings Spider Man in. It brings Spider Man yeah. in. It brings in this rift in the team, uh-huh. right? Like so, you start having superheroes. Divides it. Civil yeah, it's a war, right? Yeah. Okay, sure. But it's the <laughs> it, well, in, in this self awareness, like yeah. we are superheroes and we have these powers we have and we are leveling cities, which kills all these innocent people. Yeah. Oh wait, what are we doing? You know, like so. Th- I kind of appreciate. I love Civil War. Okay, again, I didn't see in the theater. Yeah. I guess I should fast forward. In prep for Endgame, there was a time when I was like, you know what? We're going to discuss it on the podcast. I got to catch up. Right. You find out the five or six essential films that you have to watch, and I began watching those in order. So you about, watched The Room six about times? About three <laughs> weeks ago. About three weeks ago, well, I started watching the event, the original Avengers and watched, I'll tell you, you know, yeah. as yeah. we go. But in... In, it's in like there's two timelines. Like there's two timelines in this whole conversation. I went back in time. <laughs> anyway, um, I loved this. I loved Civil War. I thought it was great. It was fun. Yeah. The characters had 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 come into their own. Yeah. And the idea that there's a dissension and the superheroes are going to fight each other was just fun. And it happens in the comics all of the time. Yeah. It does. I think it did a disservice to the actual Civil War storyline in the comics. It was a really huge Marvel event series. Yeah. Uh, with a ton of tie-ins and stuff, and I don't think that it, it, it shouldn't use that name if it wasn't going to do it the way it needed to be done, and it didn't. Yeah. Um, and I also thought that the um, the whole fighting, bickering thing, it just went on too long. It just huh. went on way too long. Yeah. Uh, it didn't need to last as long as it did. Um, it was dragged out. It was could have shaved could have shaved an easy half hour off of it. But I did really like the villainous aspect of the third act when he reveals his motivation that was one of the finer moments of a villain in a marvel movie i feel mm. like because he twisted it around on them mm-hmm. uh, in a way that i found compelling at the time yeah. um but then and and i i have more to say about this movie but i want to say it about all of the movies later on so and they bring spider-man in right which is important to do yeah in a really clever nice way and, and i like tom holland's spider-man in this role because toby mcguire couldn't have done that and neither could have the finally has an act finally has a like queen's accent and and he's a kid i mean he's fuck, a high school he's kid. From freaking queens yeah. you gotta i mean you know yeah. finally yeah. How many five movies later? Yeah. Crazy. And right. jazz dance once. He yeah. didn't. Thank God he didn't do that once. And he didn't uh, skateboard in like a professional through the streets of New York like Andrew Garfield did. Exactly, yeah. Who's a nerd? Apparently. I didn't. I didn't even um, see the Andrew Garfield. Yes. I saw the first one. But yeah, okay. So then after Civil so, War, is that Spider-Man: Homecoming? No. After okay. that, you have Doctor Strange, okay, Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Are you a Benedict Cumberbitch? <laughs> I. I <laughs> I like him. I hadn't heard that term. I think he's got a fantastic on-screen charisma. I'm not a cumber... I wouldn't think I'm a cumber bitch, but I... If you're a... I mean, a cumber bitch is someone who's like a big fan of Benedict Cumberbatch. No, I understand. Benedict Cumberbatch. But... 
I have enjoyed him in many films. Sure. I, I, mean, I like him a great deal. I, he's not somebody who's like, I automatically see and I think, oh, I got to see that. Yeah, I know I there agree. are those people. There right? are. I know there are people who are. Because of Sherlock. But um, yeah, see, the Sherlock series, I did not. I, mean, I saw maybe, maybe the first three. And I, I know like, I like we probably like just lost 100 listeners right now. <laughs> easily. <laughs> but we had to have had 100. <laughs> Oh, I think we did. Uh, so maybe I don't know. Yeah, but uh, but I have enjoyed him in a number of films, and I liked him as Doctor Strange. I yeah. mean, I, I oh, liked yeah, he's him great. as Doctor Strange. I didn't Strange. see it, and I thought the film was really good. Actually, that the, it was fun. It has like a great psychedelic trippy sequence that goes on for quite a while. Yeah. That I was like, this is worth the price of admission yeah, alone. Fun. I like that. So. And then Guardians two. Guardians two, very Kurt much, Russell. very I, much, I've never seen in the vein Didn't see it. of Guardians one. Ne- never finished. I've started it, but two or yes, three times. with the addition of Kurt Russell, and that was a lot of fun. And what a great addition! Yes, I, I agree. So I, I enjoyed that immensely. But then it was Spider Man Homecoming. Uh, this I have very positive things to say about. Okay, it's a fine movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's just fine, mm-hmm. but. And I might get some flack from David about this because he is an actual academic slash educator. This film, have you both seen it? Uh-huh. You saw Spider-Man Homecoming? This movie has a sequence in it that I believe should be taught in every film school. And it's the sequence where Peter goes to pick up his date to the homecoming dance and sees Michael Keaton and instantly knows, oh shit, this is the guy that's been after me this whole time. Uh-huh. This is the guy I've been fighting. And the tension that that like five to seven minute sequence builds yeah. between him walking in the door of that house, Michael Keaton's character looking at him somewhat familiarly, but is like, I don't know, whatever. And then by the time they pull up to the dance and they have that final confrontation where Michael Keaton says, I know who you are. Uh-huh. I'm going to fucking end you. Yeah. Such a tense. I mean, that was edgier seat stuff. And it was so brilliantly executed it was so so well done well and but in also such a digestible and palatable way yeah. where it wasn't super obtuse or heady or like you know overly convoluted a, dro- in its a, ex- a drop execution. of sweat didn't drop off of something it, it, it just, wasn't cheesy it right. wasn't corny it wasn't hard to follow it was as alfred hitchcock always said suspense is the audience knowing something the characters on screen don't and that is the perfect example of that and mm-hmm. it doesn't fucking brilliantly and i loved it i gotta watch it again yeah i want to rewatch that sequence i loved it watch it i mean it's a it's a film i've seen once through and i haven't really scrutinized but hearing you say that i love michael keaton so you know fantastic you, you can bring him into anything batman right? birdman vulture yeah so so spider-man homecoming big success huge uh Thor Ragnarok, we've already talked about a bit. Fantastic. Huge, yeah. huge success, too. I love that Korg was in Endgame, too. That was another good thing. Taika yeah. Waititi's character from, from Ragnarok. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, loved. Yeah. Any, and, ta- any Taika's. And Ragnarok is, is deemed by a lot of the folks that look at those essential films mm-hmm. as, as the best. Yeah, as the most fun, as right? The, yeah. as the, Easily the most fun. Well, it's the idea that you're is. pairing it's up two fun yeah. Jeff Goldblum, Taika Waititi, Peak Goldblum. It's and, and, and bringing the Hulk over to examine some yeah. of that whole thing yeah. and letting Mark Ruffalo do a really good job being yeah. the Hulk. Yeah, right. right. He's he's a, easily the best Hulk slash David Banner that we've had. Uh, then you get into Bruce. Black Panther. Which you good know, movie? It's it's a great film and 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 one that you know was just incredibly well made from everything from the costuming to the set design. Soundtrack the, is amazing. I mean, just w- visually um, stunning kind of film yeah. where they you know like it creating this whole world of Wakanda that just you know it's 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 wonderful. So that you have that, yeah. then we lead into Infinity War. 
however you feel about that one. <laughs> well, incredibly successful. I, I liked Infinity War a lot. Right. Then you get Ant-Man. I liked Infinity Wasp. War better than Endgame. Right. To be honest. Really? Yeah. Huh. And But I enjoyed the fight sequence in Endgame from all of it. Yeah. From yeah, the yeah. beginning when the rest of the Avengers weren't there to and then when they make their dramatic influence. Yeah. I enjoyed that piece of that movie very much. Right. I kind of agree with Carlos going back to the first half. The first parts of Endgame are terribly emotive. Yeah. And and uh, but but it all kind of pays off at the end. Yeah. I I see that I like the emotional stuff. So right. I I was I was there for it. And the ones between Infinity War and Endgame were Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel. Now I like both those films. Ant Man and the Wasp, I thought, was another one of like yeah. a fun entry in and the a Ant-Man better Ant Man movie. Maybe, yeah. No, I, I think it's better than the first, yeah. and and certainly more Michael Douglas here. And uh, but the Captain Marvel film was pretty darn good. I don't know if you guys saw that. I didn't one. See we it. didn't do it we for didn't. the podcast. I liked it. it um, and and I liked the the character coming in. I like how the character functioned in Endgame. Um, but but I like Brie Larson. So yeah. I, I'll you know again if, if you know, super indifferent. Really? Yeah, me yeah, too. Super indifferent. Really? Me too. Yeah. Wow. So where do we go from here? So well, that's so, where so we, they're not stopping. It made too much money. So what? Before we move on to the next, sure. Um, over like the next decade of Marvel movies, Joe, what's your favorite of the ones that we've seen so far? Of the first twenty-two, what's your favorite? <sighs> Thor, Ragnarok, David. That's up there. I think it's probably somewhere between Guardians, Thor, and Ant-Man. I mean, I do like the ones that are a little bit more fun and bubbly. Yeah. And uh, So which one's your favorite? Zany. Take a stand. I'll say Guardians. Guardians? Yeah. The original number one. Yeah, because it introduced me, right. and it was just it was a breath of fresh air in the, in the yeah. cinematic universe. Yeah. Mine is also Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Now... Is there a Marvel property film that is not a Marvel Studios film that has been made that that, comes that you like same. better than any of these twenty two Infinity films? Spider Man Two. Spider Man Two. Yeah. I think it's I, better than the first. Yes. Okay. I disagree. I like the I like the Raimi Spider Man films. I would probably say Logan. It's the it, best one by far. Not and it's so different. It's it's so dark. I always using the characters. Okay. Right, but I'm just saying it's. it's I like very, the answers the same. No, no, X Men. Inc- I'm including X Men. No, but they're a Marvel. Spider Man Two is property. my favorite Marvel film. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, but I think you know I saw Logan a couple of years ago. Yeah. Shortly after it came out, I didn't see it in the theater, but I saw it at home, and I was really shocked. Like. Because I had skipped a bunch of X Men films. Yeah, the, the X Men films are kind of. Eh. Uh, X Men Two okay. is great. So, some of them are some of them are really good, but then yeah. some of them are really. X Men Two and X Men Three is bad. X yes, X Men Two may be my number two of the question right. the answer to your question. But but seeing I have such the, a soft spot uh, for the first one. Seeing Logan and uh, just not knowing that it was going to be as dark as it was yeah. and and as kind of I was impressed. X Men Two and Spider Man Two work out the kinks of the first ones. Macy Gray's not in Spider Man Two. Oh, yeah, she's in the first one, right? Yeah, it's uh, bad. I don't dislike Macy Gray. Uh, I, I I really like Spider Man One. I think it's better than Two because of the William Defoe factor. Yeah, and I personally care for X Men One more than X Men Two because it was one of the earliest like advanced screenings that I got to go to, like the oh, day before type of situation. And yeah, I was really young. I was like, I don't know, 11 or 12 or something. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucking badass. Like, and I said fucking badass because that's how I talked when I was 11. Sure, you're um, <laughs> uh, But Logan is, I think, by far the best 
superhero Marvel movie that has been made, and I will tell you exactly why. Because it is a movie in which it is a movie set in a world in which superheroes or mutants or whatever yeah. exist, but is not about that. It's a family drama. Yeah. It is yeah. a more focused narrative. It is a more, it's on a smaller scale and it's done in such a way because obviously these superheroes are in it. You can still get those crazy fight scenes. Logan right. still goes berserk. Like he slashes people up. Yeah. Everything that you want, all the action stuff that you want is there. But the focus is small enough and about such a uh, universal topic and we spend the time with the characters to really emotionally invest in them in a way that something like Endgame does not allow you to do. And I think that those are the types of films that we they should be that we should be exploring if we really want to make Well, I think it'll be inter- I impactful think Endgame films. Doesn't, Endgame doesn't have the room to do that with the no. that's, Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's just but That's yeah. not why you're in the studio. That's th- not why I you're think, in the theater. I think there's room for both. I mean, I, there is I would, room for I both. I would like to believe that we could see in this next whatever we're going to call it saga, I guess is maybe the term that's being used because people refer to what we've just the infinity saga, the infinity yeah. saga. And now we're moving into the post infinity saga, whatever that's going to It'll be, have some the, name. Later. Yeah. Um, you know, it would be interesting to see if some of these one-off films so, might be more of those really rich character driven kind of more human scale. We hope that they would. So now we're moving into the last phase of our, Marvel discussion, which I is so, yeah. what is post infinity right, like? What right. do we want? What do we expect? Right. Etc. I mean, because I mean, now as we just pointed out, based on what they've been making, the ones that I've liked the most have been the bubbly, silly, fun ones, which I still want those. And we got Guardians Three, I think, is in the pipeline. It, it, it is, yeah. It so it's Black Panther Two, right. Spider Man Homecoming, or Spider Man Far From Home is coming out soon. A yes. Black Widow prequel, right? So, yeah. which has that? Gone in production yet? I don't know if it's an official, but I but I think it's it's heavily it's on the table that uh, Scarlett jo- and she's going to have some control. She's going to be like producing it. And but are all of those films the first step of something new? That's my question. Are well, we- if she brings Jonathan Glazer in to do it as director. <laughs> Ooh, if we got a if we got under, under the, the skin esque. Oh my god. Okay, so I will say right now, since we're on, since what you said is going to make me say this, this Endgame is the last Marvel movie I'm going to see. I'm done. Really? The Infinity Saga. Oh, come on. I don't believe you. Unless you guys make me do it. Okay. No, I don't believe you. I'm not going to. I'm done. I'm tired of it. I'm over it. I don't want to see any more of these. I don't care about them. I don't think that they're worth my time anymore. Uh, There are much better things that I could, that I would rather do. Um, So I'll say that now. But. If Jonathan Glazer directs the Black Widow <laughs> prequel, you bet your ass I'm going to... See, I don't... Well, wait, but and, what, and with, and with Amika Levy... What if Taika, Wat- Taika Watiti does another film for him? What, what if... Uh, I, mean, I, don't see, I don't think... There are other talents that they, that they can, can bring into where they it are. that I feel Ta- like... Taika, I, as much as I love... I saw Thor Ragnarok. That's good enough for me. I'm, I'm, I'm good. They would have to bring in somebody totally off the wall, unexpected. The only way... That Marvel will do anything that gets me back in the theater Harmony is, if, is if they exactly if they do something absolutely batshit crazy you that makes absolutely no sense. Uh, I mean, obviously Harmony Korine would do it, but if they brought some wacky, more auteurish kind yeah. of filmmaker in that. Uh, like if, but, if 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 Ari Aster from of Hereditary fame is is that his name Ari Aster? Yeah, uh, sounds right. It, like if the guy that did that did a Marvel movie, maybe I'd be interested okay. in it. Or if but they, or if they made an R-rated Marvel movie, or if Gabriel Byrne was the. Uh, <laughs> 
since, <laughs> since, since we don't know where they're going, let's not speculate that. Where right. do we want them to go? Where do we expect them to go? I want because them to diver- the, I want on. diversity. I want I, them I would to agree. diversify. I want more texture to it. I'd like to see some of these films that get a little darker and maybe are more character driven. I'd like to see ones that get even sillier and zanier. I, I mean, like if we're gonna keep this universe going. I want to see it expand in a lot of different directions. That would be my hope. Now, so I've been going through a rewatch of Parks and Rec recently, just like when I don't have anything else to put on, I'll put it on real quick. And I'm right now in the last season, I think. And one thing I've noticed about that show, and that happens with a lot of sitcoms, the longer the show goes on, the more cartoonish versions of the characters they become, the more exaggerated their kind of quirks become. And I'm afraid of that happening the longer the Marvel Universe goes on. Like, Guardians is going to get sillier and sillier and sillier, and another one's going to get more and more serious, and it's going to get to too extreme a level in that. I think right. I think balance is really important, and I think that if they want to continue this, they do have to diversify. Eventually, people will burn out of cities getting demolished. Of you know, yeah. Because every okay, let's be honest. Almost every Marvel movie is the same movie. There's always like, a doomsday. There's not that much narrative nuance to what's going on you just have a different hero with different powers in a different place fighting a slightly different villain but they all follow the same almost paint by numbers formula Uh and eventually and i can't believe it hasn't happened already people are going to pick up on that and get bored by it Mm -hmm. i'm bored by it and so they're going to have to do a logan film you know they're going to have to do something super crazy and silly and over the time i mean they're going to have to do these things but it's important not to get carried away with any of those particular things and they are going to acquire X Men. That will happen mm-hmm. if it hasn't all. If it's not already, I mean, in the think works. about okay. it. Will happen, and if that happens, we are talking about way too big a universe for this. I know, but think about think about the uh, pop culture moment of the post credits that you sit in when whoever Wolverine's going to be makes an appearance. Oh my God! They've broken that plane. You know, here yeah. it comes. I mean, it, there's a lot it'll of be, stuff that could come up that people still get excited about. It'll be a big deal when it happens. But you're talking about Avengers Endgame was already too many characters to really do anything of substance yeah. with. Add in the but 40, no the forty X Men. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Well, it, it'll be it, it would it will be a feat as we talked about yeah. earlier to to pull this next saga together. If that's even the goal of it, I don't know. I mean, like, is it? Are they really going to try to build to another culminating point? Yeah, Maybe. For sure. I mean, but, but but will it take us 40 films to get there this time? Will it take us... As many as make money. Right. They but, will. But that's, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, I think we're going to see more characters come into the universe, obviously. I mean, that's what happened in the first phase. And, the and first, how successful uh, can it be without the anchors? Uh, and not even Captain America for me, but but Robert Downey Jr. and his charisma. Yeah, but that's with, with him gone. There will be other. There will be other talent who, that's going to come in. In the, the current, like the, the, the in the leftover characters that still are alive. Who? Yeah, I'm saying new characters. Falcon. I'm saying bringing. Okay. Come on, Marvel. There. You're a comic book. I'm looking, Carlos. You're a comic book guy more than I am, and you have a past. And I mean, but I know there are like. Hundreds of characters yeah, but they've, that they've never brought they've into used the up the majors. I mean, those are the Avengers. They've used up the majors. I, uh, that is true. I do think that Anthony Mackie can take the Captain America helm and do a decent job with it. I think that at least the first film will do numbers and be yeah. successful, depending on how that film is and how okay. it's received. Maybe they'll do more that'll also do numbers. 
the main character that you have that has any kind of longevity as far as putting new people in the suit is Spider-Man, and that's your freshest other than Black Panther franchise right now. So it makes it really, you're not at a place with that storyline yet to bring in Miles Morales. Like, that would be the best case scenario is if they had started with Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire's had lasted until now, and now they're ready to phase Tobey out like they phased Robert Downey Jr. out and bring in a Miles Morales-type character. But since that is not the case, I don't know how you're going to bring in a new Thor. I don't know how you're going to bring in a a new Hulk or who, I mean, I don't know how long their contracts have left, but I mean that the biggest problem with that they're going to have is that inevitability of those actors aging out of those roles and having to bring in new people and how they're going to finesse that. I mean, I think that it would have been, I think the next phase, the next saga is going to lead to a universe reset. It has to. Yeah, and then people will get bored. Yeah. If okay. they're not by then anyway. If well, they're not bored 50 fucking films into it. I hope you guys weren't too bored with this Ninja vs. Unicorn. Nobody what, was what did, what did you think here? With, with, Good uh, beer. Yeah, it's a solid double IPA. It's I got mean, a dank on the tail that I'm really, really enjoying. You like them dank. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, this is the uh, Thor Ragnarok of the beers that we've had today. <laughs> <laughs> we've only had two, not 22. Right, but. right. D- does it fit to your expectation of the profile when you says double IPA? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And, and it's not, I mean, what I like about it is that sometimes with a double IPA, the malt bill gets so overpowering, it gets kind of sweet and yeah. a little taxing. I mean, we have... But we you, have, you, you you remedy that with hard hops, and this has it. Yeah, I think there's good balance here. I don't think it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm very impressed by it. And I've heard about this beer for a long time. Like I said, I, I haven't had a lot of pipe Pipeworks beers, but I know I've had a couple in the past, not this one. But uh, but I'm enjoying it. Very good. Did you get this from those people? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, Joe, you liked it? I did. The dankness. Pour me another. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, we hope that you enjoyed this endgame tirade. I'm exhausted. At least that I had. Yeah, yeah I'm very... <laughs> I mean, God, after, after 22 that. films, you better be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we we kind of fell into our uh, our, our stereotypical tropes on this one, as expected. Uh, well, you, which I'm not upset about. No, uh, I, I. You guys I, made me watch this fucking movie, so. Well, yeah. I, and again, I, up till last recording, I wasn't interested in it, but then I watched all of those, you know, yeah. in a row, hard. My kids joined me for a few of them, and That's I nice. found myself getting so much, had some, having so much fun. And then Endgame, we bought our tickets, and oh, and it was a great. We had a great time. It was. I, I enjoyed it much more than you, Carlos, but yeah. Uh, I'm mo- yeah. Almost everybody did. Yeah, uh, so let us know how much you hated uh, my take on it. Let us know <laughs> what your take on it is. You can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show. You can find us on Instagram at Beer and a Movie. And of course, Facebook.com slash Beer and Movie TX. Also, Beer and Movie Podcast.com. That is where you can find a link to listen to the show. Or you can find us on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. If you are listening there, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, uh, rate us, review us. That really helps us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what we should do in the future. And uh, send us some beer obviously uh and if you want to know how to make that happen shoot us a message um on any various of those uh, social media accounts until next time fun isn't something one considers when balancing the universe (laughs) 